This is Dan from Burlington, Vermont, and now I'm tuned in to the new TNN. The following television show is entirely fictitious. Any similarity to the history of any person living or dead or any actual events is entirely coincidental and unintentional. Except where specifically noted otherwise in the cast and crew credits. All celebrity voices are impersonated and no celebrities have endorsed any aspect of this show. Hey, uh, what do you say? Uh, hello, people of, uh, you know, the, the computers and such. Uh, this is... Uh, what, what, what am I calling myself now? Okay. Uh, in order to avoid, uh, you know, like the, the lawyers and uh, the coppers and stuff, uh, this is a centaur man. Well, uh, why am I a centaur man, I guess you could say, because I'm a big fan of rhinos. And, uh, you know, rhinos uh, have legs and horns and stuff, and uh, centaurs are, you know, kind of... Well, they're not really rhinos, but uh, the the guy the guy who's paying me to come on here and and talk to computers is uh, the ocean guy. He said that uh, you know there's some sort of robot thing with the centaur man, and uh, you know it's okay because uh, he's he's paying me uh, five dollars an episode, and I tell ya, oh, I gotta pay for the dungeon, so the five dollars is gonna be really helpful, but. Uh, I am Centaur Man, and I'm supposed to talk to the computer about things that I've done and with my Centaur family and the wrestling business. Although I don't really think of it as a business, I think of it more as a show of a uh, show of what a man can be. You know what a man can really do to take care of his family and his country and the people that you know support that man and uh, you know. Things like that, and uh, I'm not going to be talking about uh, any matches that don't have men in them because, uh, you know, I, I don't really. I mean, the <laughs> hell, the the tits, you know, the, the 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 creatures that walk around with the tits on them, you know, they can't even vote, so you know they can't wrestle, and uh, you know, I think the countries have said what they've got to say about that, so I don't I don't really know why they're letting them wrestle over there in the New York territories, but. Uh, you know, it's, uh, I don't really have a say anymore. I sold the controlling interest of, uh, of my field of, uh, of, uh, grapplers to the McMahon. No, I can't say that word. I sold it to the Concrete family in, uh, 1971, uh, or maybe 1972. Well, it could have been 73 or 74. What's that, Mother? 75? You sure it wasn't 76? Uh, where was I in 77? Uh, when, when did, uh, when did the daughter meet the rhino? Was it 78? 79? Well, regardless, uh, computer people, I sold my, uh, my wrestling uh, guys to uh, the concrete fellow, and uh, you know I got out of the business, uh, the, the the game of uh, wrestling. Uh, but I, I I started to train my my slaves. You know, uh, the government would call them my sons, but to me they were oh, they're always my slaves. Uh, they do what I say, and make me some flapjacks. 
The only one of them I ever really liked was Dreno. Because you could throw a goddamn hammer like 40, 48 yards. And I think even with throw the anvil too, I'm not sure. But uh, the centaur man, uh, today, they're going to talk about a wrestling show that, uh, that I was, uh, well, not really the whole wrestling show, uh, you know, just, just stories about my, uh, my kids and some of the matches they've done, and, uh, I think the first, first kid I'm going to talk about is the one with, uh, the hair, he had hair everywhere, you know, he had it on top of his head, and he had it on his arms and his legs, and under his arms and everything, he was almost like a like an ape man. Uh, but they didn't call him the ape man; they called him the shoot man, cause he's a shooter, and he was always shooting away the competition. All right, let me put on my glasses here so I can read the paper. And it tells me what I'm supposed to do. Hey, give me the paper, please. Can you hand me that? Alright, thank you. You get a paper here. Alright, and let me read it. Alright, the Calgary Sun Times. Local politician makes a play for votes. Isn't the way about it? It's in the paper with the shoot guy on it. Find me the paper that says the match. I'll read this paper right now. All right, so... Local politician Fred Jones has decided that during his campaign, he will no longer accept funds from individuals who are not registered voters. Mines, are we registered? It doesn't matter. I ain't got no money to give him anyway. Uh, he says the new policy is a result of recent allegation, allegation, uh, recent things that have come forward uh, from individuals on the other side of the fence. Well, I tell you, the other guy on the fence, I had a neighbor who was on the other side of my fence and he kept looking at my daughter Diana. And he says to me, hey, Centaur Man, because that's what I'm supposed to say is my name. And he says, Centaur Man, I couldn't help but notice you had a pool. And at your pool, you know, you've got a bunch of people coming around. Eh, one of those guys looked like a rhino, and I said, I know, is my favorite. Uh, but what he said that really rubbed my uh, feet in a direction they're not supposed to go. Even though I can bend your feet any way I want them to go, because I'm a shooter. Uh, he said, he said, look at that one right there with the tits. And I said, that's my wife, Helen, and she's really good in the sack. He said, no, no, I'm familiar with your wife, Helen. I said, look at the one over there, the one right next to her, the one with the tits. And I said, well, you're gonna have to be a little more specific, I suppose, from a certain point of view, the rhino might have any some tits, you know. And he said, no, the one right there, she's got the hair down to her ears, and uh, she's hanging out with that fellow with the Whoopi Goldberg hair. And I said, wait a minute, Whoopi Goldberg? One of my favorite movies of all time is Ghost, you know. I, I saw that picture in 19... I want to say it was 1994, and... 
The picture had been on shelves for some time, you understand, and I didn't really like that the tits in that, that movie had the short boy haircut because I don't like the boys. I don't even like my own boys, as I mentioned previously. I referred to them as my slaves. <laughs> uh, but I, I did sit down and I watched uh, the ghost picture and... Uh, even though the Whoopi Goldberg was in it, uh, I, I thought that, uh, well, I thought the romance was, was good, you know. My, my wife would tell you I'm a sucker for romance, you know. I buy you a, uh, I buy you a new dish rag and then I expect you to, you know, lay on the bed and take it. But that is what romance is. I mean, I think that... I think every woman out there needs a, a new dish rag every once in a while. I mean, you know, they... You know, they carry the kids for, like, the the nine months, and then, you know, they clean their butts for the couple of years. Uh, well, except, in the, the, except when it came to my kids, uh, you know, they all needed their asses wiped for about seven years. And, and But, you know, that's okay. Uh, she was happy to do it, she told me. She smiled and laid there as I penetrated her in areas she didn't know she had. And she said, Oh, I'm so thank you for you penetrating me, concrete man. I mean, centaur man. I get a little confused when I do voices sometimes. But, you know, so I bought my wife a dish rag and uh, I had to sit my way with her. And then uh, I watched Ghost and did the same thing. That, are we done? No, what was I talking? What was a uh, ghost, Whoopi? Oh, the fellow, the fellow with the Whoopi Goldberg. No, no, that's my son-in-law, Davy Boy. Uh, but we all called him the. Uh, I can't say that either, cause it's 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 you know a breach of something. Okay, well, we called him the the English pussy cat. We did. We called him that, and uh, you know the pussy cat came to me and he says. Oh, stool, you know, because that's what he, I mean, oh, centaur, because that's what he sounds like. He sounds like Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, wait, no, he doesn't actually sound like Whoopi Goldberg. Um, you know, Whoopi Goldberg was in that movie, uh, Jumpin' Jack Flash. He didn't understand it because there weren't any Jumpin' Jacks in it. You know, I brought the boys down to the dungeon, Eh, when I say in like 88 or something, and I said, all right, boys, we got a new workout for you. It's called Jumpin' Jack Flash. Tony at the video store said, you know, Jumpin' Jack Flash is a great picture. And so, you know, I played it for the slaves or the boys. I, I have to stop saying that. All right, I'll call them my boys. I played the Jumpin' Jack Flash for my boys, but there weren't any Jumpin' Jacks in it, so we just ended up watching the picture. Uh, granted, I was stretching most of them at the time. Uh, but uh, later in life, uh, they told me they enjoyed that picture. Well, I guess that's gonna wrap up the centaur, man, no way. Yeah, he talked about Whoopi Goldberg, Johnny, I don't know. You know, I, I can only do one story a show, otherwise I'm not gonna make much more than five dollars. Oh, the neighbor, oh! So I've got this neighbor on the other side. And I says to him, Neighbor, I haven't mowed your grass in a while. What? Oh, the tits. 
Yeah, so the, the English pussycat's married, you understand, to uh, my daughter, uh, the princess. I just handed this piece of paper, and I'm supposed to call her princess so we don't get in any trouble. And I said, oh, you like the tits on princess, do you? Well, you ain't seen nothing yet. Look at that rhino right over there. And he said, no, I'm not interested in rhino tits. I'm interested in princess tits. And I said, well, okay, I can understand that. Uh, so what did I do? Uh, well, I, uh, I told the English pussycat right there. I said, hey, uh, Englishman, go in there and make me... Uh, uh, make me some clam chowder. And of course he had to do it because at the time I was paying for his, uh, you know, uh, the place he lived, his, uh, um, what do they call it? Uh, eh, what do they call it? Where you sleep? His bed. I paid for his, uh, no, it's got a roof! Or a house. I pay- Hey, I sent a pussycat in there, I said, make me some clam chowder, and then I, I said, Princess, come here, the neighbor wants to see you. And so the neighbor came over the fence, and uh, I said, hey, neighbor, uh, nice to see you, I didn't expect you to come over today, are you here to uh, use the pool, or maybe borrow my lawnmower? And he said, no, centaur man, you just invited me over. And I thought, well, I haven't invited anyone over since probably 1964. But regardless, I was inclined to believe this man because he was standing on my yard. And the princess was there too, and she says, uh, da, why am I here? And, uh, so I, I sat them both down on a chair and I said, Princess, uh, a neighbor here wants to talk to you, and, uh, don't worry, the English pussycat's not gonna come because he's making me some clam chowder. So you two get acquainted, and I'm gonna go shoot in the dungeon. Now, I wasn't privy to the conversations that they had, but it's to my understanding uh, that later uh, the English pussycat uh, was done making the clam chowder and he brought it to me in the dungeon and I, and I said, Pussycat, uh, thanks for the chowder. Uh, you want to shoot? But, uh, you know, after that, the, uh, you know, the cat didn't want to shoot anymore and I was already in the dungeon, so I took a nap and I'm... I'm not aware of any other things that happened that day that were of much importance, and, uh, yeah, I think that's, uh, that's gonna do it for Centaur, man. What? Oh, the... that's right. Mother, I forgot that I was holding the paper, and that's what I'm supposed to say, so I, uh, uh, sorry, computer, it's now time for the rest of the paper story. Uh, Fred Jones said, quote, Uh, if you aren't registered to vote, then I can't take any of your money. Uh, you know, it's a funny thing about money. Uh, I have another piece of paper I keep in my pocket. Let me reach for it. It's okay, Marta. I'm just telling the computer about the other paper in the pocket. The one I keep, you know, with the boys on it. Alright, this paper's a little wrinkly, it's a little old, let me see if I can get it to, there we go. So what I do is I, um, I keep a paper of how much money each one of my kids still owes me. You know, and the Fred guy's talking about the money and it made me think about it and I actually need to make 
in addition here. Alright, so the fire guy, I got a kid that, uh, you know, he he pours the water on the flames. Uh, he owes me $1,000. Uh, uh, Johnny, the computer from the Canada from the United States. United States mostly okay. Well, let me uh, do a little bit of calculations here to make it easier for you all to understand. Uh, looks like the fire guy owes me about $15 in America. Okay. Now the princess, she owes me 75 United States dollars, uh, but she owes me 14 uh, the pills that I take for my blood pressure. And uh, it looks like she borrowed 42 of the pills that make me feel like I'm young again. Alright, uh, Ed Reno owes me 15 million dollars. And, uh, you know, after all this time, I think I'm going to cross the Reno off of the list because, you know, just talking about the horses and the centaurs with old Johnny C here. You know, it made me think, I, I don't think I'm going to get any money from the Rhinos. I'm going to just put an X here. Oh, I ripped the paper! It's okay. Uh, Johnny, hand me the tape there. Alright, just uh, tear a piece. Thank you. Just straighten the paper and put the tape on. Alright. Now let me lift it up a little closer so I can look at it. Ah! I changed the paper to the table to rip when I lifted it. Well, luckily the only thing that ripped off was the, the money that the rhino owed me so I can continue reading this here. Uh, Johnny, uh, you know, it's strange to me that the computer wants to hear about my kids showing me money. What's that you say? It's not the right paper? We Johnny handed me the paper. Uh, packet? Alright, you want me to talk about what's in my packets? That's fine. Now, I need to put this paper back in my packet because I always keep it in my packet so I don't lose it. Alright, the paper's back in the packet. And let's see what we got in here in the packet. Uh, we got a Twix wrapper. I do like the Twix. Uh, but sometimes the caramel gets stuck in my teeth. Uh, now what we got right here is a screw. See, I always keep a screw in my packet because you never know... You're going to have to fix something like a man. Because men fix things. That's what I told my boys over the years. I said, you got to really get up into those gutters and fix them. Because the rain's going to come in the dungeon. Uh, what I got here now is uh, some of the hand sanitizer to tease my hands. What's uh, what does this do? Oh yeah, this is stuff. Uh, 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 Helen, uh, go uh, see if you can find that dish rag I bought you to show Johnny. Uh, walk away and now turn the corner at Johnny. All right, so I carry this bottle. It's supposed to be hand sanitizer, you know. 
Uh, the wife gave it to me when that, uh, when the sick was going around and I couldn't leave the house, which was okay with me because I prefer to stay indoors, but, uh, she said to me, uh, Centaur, man, you need to put this on your hands every time you touch something. Oh, okay. And so what I did was I dumped out the hand sanitizer and I put in some vodka. And when she turns around, I take a little sip. I'm going to do it right now. But lay, you know, what kind of a host would I be if I didn't offer you the first sip? Go ahead, Johnny. Take a sip of this and tell me what you think. It's good Canadian vodka. What's wrong with you, Johnny? I... <laughs> you must not have any hair on your dick. Let me see you. Let me drink it. Uh, let me show you how it's done. Ah, yeah, it's good. Ah, you know, now I think about it, Johnny. Uh, this might actually be the hand sanitizer that I keep to make sure I don't get too sick. Why are we drinking this again? Why'd you drink hand sanitizer, Johnny? I don't understand what's wrong with you American kids these days. Alright, so that's the pockets. Uh, now that we're done with the pocket story and I put my money paper away, are we done? Get the paper from Helen. Oh, Helen brought me the paper. Alright, let's see here. Alright, I got the paper right here. Hey, don't quite grab it out of my hands, Johnny. I like your energy, though. You remind me of a rhino I used to know. All right, let me read the rest of this paper and get my $5. All right, so here we go. All right. John Wick 4. 1. 4. 7. 10. So, John Wick. Uh, uh, must be a hockey player or something. They put a lot of the numbers with the hockey players in here. All right, let's see what's next on the line items. All right, Super Italian Brothers. 12, 140, 330, 550. This is getting interesting, Johnny. I can see why you have so many listeners. 720, 945, tickets, $15, children 12 and under, $10. Oh, here comes my favorite part, the seniors. Ah, I like reading about the seniors. Seniors, 1720. 1720 for seniors, but that's... That's more than they pay for the adults. Haven't I earned a little discount? You know, Johnny, I served in the war. You know what they called me in the war? Centaur man. <laughs> I bet you thought I was going to say they called me the Rhino. No, they didn't call me the Rhino. Helen, leave me a... Oh, a paper! Oh, thank you. Johnny, is this a paper? You sent me this paper through the computer, and I couldn't read it, so... And then I asked you to send it in the mailbox, and it looks like it just got here today. Uh, thank you for the mailbox letter, Helen. You got another one there for me? All right. Uh, thank you. Let me just open this. No, it's okay, Johnny. You see, one of the most important things a man can do is open the mail. You know, I told my son to shoot, man. That, uh, you know, mail is really important to a man's life. You know, you can, you can really discover 
things about the world that's outside your doorstep by just looking at your mail each day. And uh, years later, he told me he did that thing with the mail, and he sent a bunch of uh, letters to New York saying, I love to shoot, man. And uh, he said, Vince believed it, and they're going to give me the push. I don't really know what that story means, but uh, I thought I would relay it to you as you're interested in stories and such of the family of the centaur, man. So, this is the paper that started everything. You know, you sent me this paper and this letter, and, uh, well, hold on, let me open this one real quick, and then we can get to the, the wrestling letter. Alright, let me just open this. Alright. Alright, this letter says, uh... Dear Stout... What? Oh, okay. Dear Centaur Man. Uh, that's what it says, all right. <laughs> this letter is to inform you that your payment to the Calgary Power Department is 76 days past due. And as of today, the power and electricity and such will be turned off at your home unless you pay. Ooh, that doesn't sound very good. Alright, well, hold on. Um, Helen, bring me the phone! Johnny, you're just gonna have to have patience here. Obviously, if we lose the electricity, we can't talk to the computer, because the computer won't be turned on very much. Alright, alright, let me see here. Uh, thank you, uh, wife, for handing me the phone just now. Let me... Alright, let me see what the number says here to call, uh, let's see, it's, uh, Helen, hey, it's raining outside, Helen, uh, make sure you turn on the gutters, uh, so it doesn't rain down in the dungeon, I'm just looking for my, uh, telephone, oh, Johnny, it's really coming down, uh, we might have to call this thing, uh, you know, maybe a little bit of a rain out. You know, uh, here, uh, this entire house, you know, the roof's not very good. Uh, you got leaks over there in the corner. If you look right there, you see the bucket? Yeah, that bucket there was given to me by Bruno Zamartino. He says to me, uh, Stu Entire Man, uh, I want to give you this bucket. And uh, here's the reason why I'm giving you this bucket. And of all the things that you could give a man, I don't know why a bucket would be, uh, you know, on the... Uh, demarcation of items, but nonetheless, uh, he comes to the house one day and he says, uh, Oh, man, because that's how he talks, you see, and he says, Oh, man, I want to give you this bucket. And I says, Well, okay, uh, Bruno man, that's fine, I'll take this bucket, and, but where do you want me to put it in? And he says to me, I don't know, Centaur Man, but every man should have a bucket, and I wouldn't be what I am without you. And, well, as you can hear the range picking up now, and, uh, you know, that's, that's what we do with it. We, uh, we let the rain from the leak fall into the Bruno bucket. And, uh, well, apologies in advance if you smell anything with the bucket when it gets some more rain in it because I, uh, I don't make it to the toilet all the time. And, you know, sometimes I use the Bruno bucket. But, yeah, Johnny, oh, jeez, I'm going to have to call it. It sounds like, uh, you know, we're going to have to cover the baseball diamond because the rain's really coming down. I'm sure your listeners won't mind. You know, if I turn off the computer, are they even going to... Well, is it going to be... Is the, is the computer back on? Did you get it? 
Uh, yeah, Centaur Man, I think. Go ahead, give it a shot. Uh, hello, computer? Uh, I guess something happened with the power when I pressed a button. Uh, but my name is the Centaur Man, and I'm, uh, here today to talk to the computer thanks to, uh, my friend Johnny is, uh, I guess it's nice to meet you, right? I don't have to start from the beginning, I can, I can just, just keep going. Oh, okay. Well, I imagine that, uh, you guys are here because you want to hear me duck about, the uh, wrestling. You know, like we did in the dungeon. Uh... What I need to do, though, first, Johnny, before I can talk about the match that we were supposed to talk about today that I watched. What I gotta do is I gotta call the Calgary Power Department, you know, because cause I got the letter and we... I, well, I told the computer how important letters were and what kind of a man would I be if I didn't live up to my end of the bargain, you know. <laughs> okay, uh, murder! I mean, uh, I mean, alien! Yeah, sometimes I forget the name of the tits, uh, you know, but she's coming now. Hey, bring me the phone! Alright, the phone here. Alright, now Johnny, the, the people need to know that I'm a good businessman and I conduct my business and I'm gonna use the phone now. Okay, we're dialing, uh... Uh, what's the number? Uh, oh boy. Uh, one eight hundred power. Here, see what that does. Hello, thank you for calling Calgary Electric, where you have the power. My operator number is four two zero dash six nine. My name is Ryan. No, how can I help you today? Hey, Rhino, are you there? He's a centaur man. Oh, Rhino, it's good to talk to you. I haven't talked to you in such a long time. Uh, where have you been, Rhino? Sir, hello? Sir, this is Calgary Power. How can I help you? Calgary Electric, that is. Uh, sir, are you there? Rhino! Yes, this is Ryan No. Uh, sir, can I help you? Yeah, you can help me, Rhino. I'm talking to the computer. Okay, sir, so you're talking through a computer. Okay, did you have a webcam you wanted to turn on? Wait, Rhino, you're turned on. And it's kind of a weird thing to say to me, Rhino, but I gotta be honest with you. I'm a little turned on, too, hearing your voice. I'm sorry, sir, you need me to turn off, you need me to tone down my voice? No, Rhino, you, you go right ahead. Rhino, we can, we can talk about that other stuff later. I got a bit of a problem, you see. I got this letter, and I'm trying to talk to the computer, but the letter says you're going to turn off my power. Okay, sir, you received a letter in the mail indicating your power was going to be, uh, there was going to be, you know, a, a, a recession in your power supply? You flipped the switch. I'm sorry, sir, you need, you need, what? Never mind, Renu. I think I probably... Owe you some money, so I should probably, uh, I don't know, send you some money. Uh, can I mail you some money and keep my power? Sir, I'm sorry? Y you need to speak to someone before the end of the hour? Yeah, you probably do that. 
So I'm here to check the um, where, uh, where do I send it? I'm sorry, sir, can you repeat that? Well, when I, uh, put the check in the mail, uh, well, who do I write it to? No, sir, Ryan No is my agent name. Rhino? Hey, Rhino, are you back? Good, I haven't talked to you in years. Where you been, Rhino? Sir, okay, I'm sorry, but I have a, a long line of customers waiting. If there's any way that I can assist you, please let me know. Or perhaps I can address you to visit our website. But I'm already talking to your computer. Why do I need to talk to a white guy? Sir, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm sorry that I'm not a white guy, but asking for one I believe is very offensive, sir. Rainu? All right, sir. I'm I'm going to be hanging up now. Thank you for using Calgary Electric. Rainu, dingo. Yeah, I guess that's the end of that. All right, Jenny. So, what are we talking about today? Uh, let me check my papers. All right. So, what I did uh, in, in order to descend our man is I. We're here to talk about uh, Battle Royal. Over the top, Battle Royal. Lots of men in the ring for a Battle Royal. Uh, it was a Battle Royal that took place at WrestleMania 2. And today we're going to talk about the WrestleMania 2 Battle Royal because there were two people in the Battle Royal who were very special to me. Uh, one of them is my son, the Shot Guy. And the other one, of course, the most one of the most important people in my life, the Reno. So, I actually, Johnny, I think there's a, there's a story about this match that I should probably talk to you about. Now, while it is true that I did not watch this match in my life until this morning, I should probably tell you I was actually in Chicago the day of WrestleMania 2. Because I keep some pretty accurate records. And that's a trait that I've passed on to my son, Deshetgay. And I was going through the records. And I'll never forget this story. It's a hell of a story. So, the son of mine, Deshetgay, calls me and he says, uh, Stu, Stu, I need you to come to WrestleMania too, Stu. Because it's going to be very important to me. And he said, well, alright, let me get your mother. And your brother, Oge, will come to WrestleMania 2. So, WrestleMania 2 is on April 7th, 1986. And on April 5th of 1986, I was in Uniondale, New York. And I said, uh, all right, let's uh, check into the hotel. It's uh, Hampton. Uh, decent accommodations. Uh, I've had better, but I... Won't mind telling you I've also had a lot worse, too. So we're at the Hampton in Uniondale, New York. And I called up to the Concrete Man. And I said, Concrete Man, uh, my son told me to come watch his WrestleMania match. And I'm here. You want to go eat a steak with our bare hands? And he said to me, Centaur Man, what are you doing here in Uniondale, New York? he said, well, that's where WrestleMania is. I, I saw the, the advertisement on t television. And he said, Uniondale. 
And he said, well, uh, while it is true, uh, there is wrestling of a professional nature taking place in Uniondale, he said that WrestleMania 2 is in three different places at the same time. And I said, Concrete Man, are you a magician? Because only a magician can make a WrestleMania in three places at the same time. Luckily, though, he assisted me and got me all straightened out. Next thing you know, I'm on a plane heading out west like a cowboy. And so on April 6th, 1986, I found myself chicken into another hotel, another Hampton. Decent accommodations, I suppose. I've had better, but I don't mind saying I've also had worse, too. And I calls up uh, Lord Alfred Hayes, working for the New York wrestling place at the time. And I said, Lord Hayes, Centaur Man, I'm here to watch the shot guy do his match with the Battle Royal over the top. And uh, he said to me, Oh my God, Centaur Man, you can't be in Los Angeles because you... The shot guy is not performing in Los Angeles, and I said, Oh, Helen, why are we in Los Angeles? I thought we were supposed to be in Uniondale. And the Lord said to me, Uh, Centaur Man, there's a problem. See, the WrestleMania is in uh, three different places at the same time. And I said, Well, Lord, how are you? You must be some kind of a magician make WrestleMania in the same place at three different times. But it ended up being okay, because uh, Lord Al got me all straightened out, and he got me some tickets, and I'm on a plane heading out east like a beast. And so April 7, 1986, I'm in Chicago, Illinois, for WrestleMania 2. And I... Uh, I grabbed uh, the tits, uh, Helen, and I said, Helen, uh, let's go to the WrestleMania too, and, uh, no, no, I'm not gonna stop in any of these fancy shops and buy you a new dishwasher rag, because you got one at home. And we arrived at the stadium, and I don't mind telling you, it was a blistery day in April 7, Chicago, 1986, but I was ready. And I wanted to see what the WrestleMania is all about. I wanted to see if there was some sort of a magician in the Chicago. Because I felt like only a magician could make WrestleMania in three places at the same time. And uh, we sat down and it's a little chilly. And I wish the stadium had a roof, but it didn't have a roof, you see. And, well, things got underway pretty quickly. Suddenly, I realized... I was at Comiskey Park in Chicago, and I was confused because uh, the stadium was really crowded in well, WrestleMania 2. Uh, apparently, though, it was uh, opening day for the Chicago White Sox, and they took on the Milwaukee Brewers. And uh, you know, it seemed like there was not going not gonna to be a battle royal. But let me tell you, there was a fight heading on in Comiskey Park. And at the end of the first inning, the score was nothing to nothing. Uh, but at the end of the second inning, 
was one to one, which is essentially the same as nothing to nothing, but uh, it's not. And then the third inning came to a close, and the score was still one to one. The fourth inning, oh, things got heated up. The Milwaukee Brewers swung their bats hard like they were a goddamn Reno. And they were winning 3-1. to one. And at the end of the fifth inning, they were still winning, but it was now 3-2. to two. The sixth inning saw the Reno bats return, and the Milwaukee Brewers were winning 5-2. to two. Same in the seventh. Same in the eighth. But then in the ninth inning... Uh, the Chicago White Sox scored another hit run thing, and uh, the score was five to three at the end of the ninth inning. And Helen said, "Well, who won?" And I said, "Well, tits, if you shut up, I'll tell you who won." So I looked at the scoreboard, and uh, Milwaukee had uh, five R's, and they had ten H's and zero E's. And the White Sox had three R's and nine H's and zero E's. So I said, well, tits, Milwaukee, uh, Milwaukee's done it. They've won 15 to 12. And, uh, well, that shut her up pretty hard. Uh, because she was under the impression that the White Sox were victorious. And I said, well, what would you know about White Sox, Mrs. Zentar, man? Because my socks are never clean because you're a lazy drunk. But that's the story of WrestleMania 2 and the over-the-top rope battle royal that I watched at Comiskey Field. Am I done, computer? I didn't talk about the match. Oh, yeah, I did watch the match. Maybe we should dive into the match, because uh, I'm starting to get a little sleepy. So uh, the match is a big battle royal between some of the Biggest guys I've ever seen. It's a mix-up of uh, some wrestling grappling shooters. And they've got some professional NFL football players in a big battle royale at WrestleMania 2. And a lot of people probably, probably didn't think it was a good idea to have the football guys in there. You know, with the shooters. But football guys are pretty tough. Uh, Johnny, is something you probably didn't know about the centaur man, but I'm, was before I became a, a shooter, I was actually a professional football player as well. I played for a couple of teams here in Canada. I played for the Saskatoon Side Saddles, and I played for the Regina Rough Dudes. I played for the Quebec Cuisinites. And don't forget that I also played for the Calgary Cuckoos. So I support the footballs and the, the football guys in the match. You know, they're good guys. So the participants in the match were as follows. Jimbo Covert. Jimbo Covert, I don't know, uh, he plays for the Bears, Arr. you know, Johnny, they're Bears, I've never been a fan, 
They come to the backyard and they try to swim in the pool and I say, Hey, bear, get out of there. Ain't no room for you, bear. I've already got a rhino in the pool. So what I do is I send the tits out to the bear with a picnic basket. And it seems to get the job done. The bear takes it and he goes away until he comes back again in a few weeks. I was looking for a gun to shoot the bear, but then I thought, no, the bear... The bear is just doing what he's destined to do, you know. The bear, he sees the water, and the bear's gonna swim. Uh, Pedro Morales is a good guy. He wins a lot of title belts. He's a good kid, uh, Pedro Morales. Uh, Tony Atlas, he's got a laugh that make you laugh for days. I remember Tony Atlas telling me a story one time. And he started laughing, and I started laughing, and then I said, Tony Atlas, don't make me laugh, because I don't want my kids to see that I'm a real human being. The Ted R.C.D. claims he's the strongest guy in the world, but uh, if you let him go with a shooter and see who's really strong, I'll stretch him. I'll stretch him for days. Uh, Harvey Martin, who played for the Dallas Cowboys, you know, I had a son who who pretended to be a cowboy on TV. It didn't go too good, but I said to him, uh, shoot guy, you know, I know you want to be a cowboy and everything like that, but you've got a family to provide for, and cowboys don't do well with families. So if you want to be a real cowboy, you take them six shooters they give you, and you kill every one of your family, and then you go be a cowboy. Uh, Danger Danny Spivey. You know, he's a, he's a golden boy here, but I, uh, Danny Spivey, I don't like working with him. I, he came to the, to the stampede, and I, I kept him around for a couple of days, but then he, he, he got a little spooky, and I thought that he might try to take my money, so I let him go. You know what I mean? And, uh, Hillbilly Jim, I got excited when I saw Hillbilly Jim, and you might think it's because, well, uh, you know, I'm, I enjoy the, out, the, the outdoors and what have you, but no, Hillbilly Jim helped me out, you see, I was stretching a guy one time, and I ripped his arms straight off of his body, and I didn't know who to call, because there's blood everywhere, and, and then I remembered something about Hillbilly Jim that you probably don't know. He's actually got a Ph.D. He just likes to pretend to be a hillbilly. So the young shooter's bleeding on the mats in the dungeon, and I, I told Helen, Helen, give me the phone, and she brought me the phone, and I... Well, I didn't remember Hillbilly Jim's phone number, so I went upstairs to think about it. Later that evening, I remembered the phone number while eating a piece of meatloaf, and so I called Hillbilly Jim, and I said, Duck! Duck Jim, I need your help, so come on up to Calgary. Sure enough, three days later, he arrives at my doorstep saying, The doc is here, what can I do for you? So I took him downstairs to the young armless shooter. And fortunately, the shooter had died. But nonetheless, Hillbilly Jim stayed and enjoyed some leftover meatloaf and left the next day. Uh, King Tonga's in here, Le Ming Haku, he's a dangerous fella. I once saw him kill a man with a rubber band. Next. Ooh, the Iron Sheik. That son of a bitch owes me two dollars and thirteen cents. And don't think I'm gonna forget it, Sheik! Ernie Holmes from the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't, uh... 
I don't deal much with stealers up in these parts. I once had a, a young man enter into the home without my permission trying to steal some things, and I said, Look here, stealer, I... You don't know where you think you are, but you're in the house of a very dangerous shooter. He pulled out a gun and shot a bullet at me, and I don't mind telling you I got it in my teeth and spit it right back at the shooter. Now I am the shooter. I shot it at the stealer, I think. Well, regardless of who shot whom, he's buried in my backyard, and I'm here alive talking to a computer, so you tell me who won. Uh, the killer bees, I don't appreciate them. I want, uh, you know, when they were in Stampede, I caught them stinging one another in the bathroom, and I said, hey, boys, you know, go to the, go to the Hampton and do that, you know. It's not the, the greatest of accommodations, but it's uh, not the worst. It's not the best. Uh, you know, you can, you can hang out in the Hampton and do that. It's no place because there's kids around. Uh... Big John Stud. I mean, what else can I say? He's a big stud. Eh, you know, his real name's not John, though. They actually called him that because, uh, well, he liked to be used as a human toilet. Which I found, uh, of much use. Uh, because sometimes I can't make it to the toilet on time, and so we just used a big stud. And I said, well, you're kind of a John now, aren't you? So we called him Big John Stud. Bill Freilich from the Atlanta Falcons. Russ Francis from the San Francisco 49ers. Bruno Sammartino is in this thing. My God. You know, uh, this is, I think, proof that WrestleMania really didn't happen in three different cities at the same time. Uh, not only because I don't believe in wizards, uh, but mainly because uh, there's no way that you'd have a show in Uniondale, New York, and not put Bruno Sammartino in New York. Uh, the last footballer is uh, the refrigerator. Now, I didn't understand this because I've never seen a talking refrigerator before. So when the refrigerator guy came out, I said, uh, Ellen, uh, pause the tape. And after about 20 minutes, she figured out how to pause the tape. And so I went to my refrigerator and I said, Hey, refrigerator, are you a shooter? Because I see a refrigerator right here that's a shooter. And the refrigerator refused to answer me. So I started grappling with the refrigerator, and after about three hours, uh, the refrigerator light turned off, which means he gave up, which proves that I'm the real shooter and not the refrigerator. Uh, and then and I went back down, and I said, Helen, start the tape! I defeated the refrigerator. You know, and unfortunately, ever since then, the chicken in the refrigerator, you know, is not tasting very good, but it's okay, because I, uh, it puts hair in the chest. <laughs> now, you've probably uh, noticed that there's uh, two people I've left off the list, and now I'm ready to talk about them. Uh, the first, uh, Heart Foundation, uh, uh Brett, uh, Shut Guy Heart, you know, he's, uh, Oh, he's an arrogant boy, he is. He, oh, he thinks he knows everything. But most importantly, one of the toughest bastards I've ever met in my life. You call him Jim the Anvil Nightheart, but I call him Rain. Oh, oh yep, goatee like a sharp horn, it just penetrates you. 
This is the biggest man I've ever seen in Reno. Now, before the the bell rings and we get really going with this, I should probably tell you there were a lot of celebrities there, but uh, I don't know if I can talk about this, Johnny. It's okay, you know my uh, my doctors told me to get uh, to get the feelings out before I die because you know they can't bury the feelings with me. So there's this very special woman here, uh, Jenny uh, Claire Miller, making this special beef announcement. Now, at the time she's making the beef announcement at WrestleMania two. I'd know not hedger tales of Claire Miller. However, the evening of WrestleMania two, after all the pageantry and the shooting had concluded, I was back at the Hampton. Helen was asleep, and so I ventured downstairs to get a scotch. And the guy at the Hampton said, Well, I'm sorry, we're the Hampton. I don't have any sketch. And so uh, I journeyed towards the elevator, unfulfilled. As the elevator doors were closing, a voice yelled, Stop! Stop the elevator! And it was the voice of an angel. And sure enough, I put my big shooter hands in the elevator doors, and there stands Claire Miller. I said, What floor, m'lady? And she said, I'm on 22. Well, Johnny, I was on 22 as well. As the elevator ascended the Hampton Inn in Chicago, Illinois, we were on floor 13. The bell rung, the doors opened, and no one was there. The doors closed, and the elevator rose to floor 14, but then one of the greatest accidents in the history of mankind happened as the elevator stopped solid. And the elevator had a light that said maximum capacity 2,000 pounds and it couldn't lift any higher. And I looked at Claire Miller as she licked her lips and began to speak. And she took one look at the shooter, that's me, and she said, Well, I look like I found a beef. And then, with the elevator suspended, with very little gravity to hold our souls in place, Claire Miller and I began to fornicate in the elevator, and I found all the beef hidden underneath every crevice and every fold of the skin. Oh, Johnny, I don't mind telling you, if you've never licked a skin in between the folds of a woman's belly, you've never really lived. Once we were done, and the elevator was filled with perspiration and semen and the juices that Claire Miller spat out of her body holes. She said, Shooter, you've pleasured me in ways I've never been pleasured. Let me tell you a little secret. And she pulled a jar out of somewhere. I don't even know where she kept it. And she scooped up all the Claire Miller juices and she said, Shooter, someday... You'll be on the verge of death. Take the juices from this jar, fry a hamburger in them, eat the beef, and you'll live for an additional 20 years. 
And that day came. I was dying of a heart attack. And I said, Helen, I keep a jar under my pillow. Bring me the jar. And I stepped out to the area where the pool is where I keep a cow. And Johnny, I ripped a head straight off the cow and I took it inside and cooked it into juices. And I had myself a Claire Miller hamburger and I'm living strong to this very day. But where the heartbreak comes in, Johnny, is I never saw Claire Miller again. And I don't know if I can talk about it any further. But Claire Bear, know that I've always remembered you. I can still taste you on my lips, Claire. Well, in the bell rung and there is a match. Wait. What do you mean I forgot somebody? Oh! Andre the Giant. Oh my God, he's a man. I know he's a man, Johnny, because I once saw him eat a man. There, there was no particular reason. He was just hungry, you know, so we took one of the kids that was uh, trying to be a shooter in the dungeon, and Andre came and he just swallowed him. Now, now is the time for the match. All right, well, all right, everybody. Uh, computer, get ready for a tale. Here we go. There was a battle royal, and Andre the Giant was the winner. He eliminated a shot guy at the end, and then he eliminated a rhino. And even though I don't believe any man could really defeat the Reynu, I suppose if there was someone who was going to beat him, it might as well be Andre the Giant. Can I have my five dollars now, Johnny? Well, I guess that's the end of the centaur, man, computer. Uh, come back sometime, though, because I had fun talking to you. You're a good kid, computer. Uh, but don't ever try to be a shooter because I'll stretch you to the end of your days.